Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad that you could join us for the show today because we have four guests that are going to talk to us about a very exciting trend. And that trend is that energy efficiency jobs are the leading job growth sector in the entire energy sector. And that's important because this is not just a one-year blip. This is a long-term growth trend that we're seeing. And it's reflected in a brand new report called Energy Efficiency Jobs in America. And this is uh, the result of a collaboration between two organizations. Uh, One is E for the Future, and uh, Pat Stanton is going to be joining us uh, from that organization, and from E2, which stands for Environmental Entrepreneurs, and Bob Keefe is going to be joining us. We're also going to be joined by two job creators in the energy efficiency sector, and I'll bring them on in just a moment. But let's start off with Bob Keefe. Bob, welcome to Go Green Radio. I am so glad to have you on the show. And I am glad to be here, Jill. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. You got it. I'm excited about this report. Read it front to back, and I'm really excited to dig in. Before we do that, though, I'd love to give you a chance to tell our listeners about your organization, E2, and the role that you played in this new report, Energy Efficiency Jobs in America. Well, thank you for that. Uh, E2, uh, Environmental Entrepreneurs, is a national organization of business owners, investors, and others who advocate for policies that are good for the economy and good for the environment. We've been around for about 20 years, Jill, and we have about 5,000 members and supporters uh, all across the country who realize that the economy and the environment aren't at odds, but actually are dependent on each other. And uh, as part of our work and, and, and part of our work with these business people, we have been tracking clean energy jobs across America for about five years or so now, Jill, and this Energy Efficiency Jobs in America report that you mentioned uh, is is our latest report that was released this week in connection with Energy Efficiency Day a couple of days ago. And uh, it's something we've been doing now with our, our great partners, E4 the Future, for several years. That's awesome. And speaking of E4, the future, we're going to bring on Pat Stanton. She serves as the Director of Policy for E4, the future, and she's a nationally recognized and award-winning expert in regulatory policy analysis and advocacy. Pat, welcome to Go Green Radio. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you, Joe. I would love to have you talk to our listeners about two different things. Tell us a little bit about your organization, E for the Future. Tell us about its mission and work. And then I'd love for you to talk about your vision for how this new report, Energy Efficiency Jobs in America, will be utilized to advance really good, sound policy. Well, I love to talk about E for the Future. Uh, The four E's are stand for energy, economy, equity, and environment. About five years ago, our nonprofit company sold our operating assets to a for-profit entity, and the purchase price became an endowment for our nonprofit to pursue clean energy and sustainable solutions to advance climate protection. In our prior form, We were in the business of helping utilities and states implement programs 
that would have helped improve the energy performance of homes. And we did that work for 30 years. So we come to the table for policy advocacy with a real understanding of where the rubber hits the road, where the aspirations of policy are translated into the day-to-day implementation that actually uh, has the execution achieve the objective. So one of the reasons E4 has been involved in the Energy Efficiency Jobs in America report is that we know that jobs are important to legislators, whether they're in Congress or in state capitals. And year after year, Jobs consistently is the strongest bipartisan support as measured by the Pew Research Center in their annual policy priorities survey. So we know that conversations across the aisle about jobs is always a good conversation. And energy efficiency jobs, as the fastest growing and largest sector of the energy economy, is a great message. And we're very proud. We've made our report with state-specific information in a very graphically intensive, compelling way so that our, our fellow advocates can use this information when they're having conversations with legislators in their state or in Congress. Brilliant. And I do have to say, I mean, you know, sometimes when I recommend to my Go Green Radio listeners that they read a report, you know, I I do that knowing that it's not going to be too exciting. I mean, I'm not, you know, recommending a comic book. It's a white paper. But the way that this report is laid out is really enticing. And I and I highly recommend to my listeners to get a hold of this, especially if they want some great information to do exactly what you said, Pat advocate for energy efficiency jobs. Now, I'm going to talk to somebody now who creates energy efficiency job. We have Kevin Morse with us, and he's the vice president of business development for a Denver-based company called Lever Energy Capital. And Kevin, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Jill. Very uh, great to be here and uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners. You got it. Well, your company, again, Lever Energy Capital, helps finance projects that increase the efficiency of the built environment. And really, you know, I mean, without financing like your companies, it would be much more difficult to create the jobs that are annotated in this report about how many there are and how fast the industry is growing. I'd love for you to talk to us about the kinds of projects that your company enables. Sure. So uh, Lever Energy Capital, through uh, what's called CPACE financing, funds and enables uh, energy efficiency upgrades, water conservation uh, measures, and renewable energy projects on all types of commercial buildings across the country. Um, examples of energy efficiency uh, upgrades uh, would be new HVAC systems, um, uh, LED lighting upgrades, building controls, uh, maybe new boilers and chillers, uh, uh, even windows, window tinting, uh, and roofing uh, and insulation. Uh, Water conservation can be anything that reduces the water use of a building, so think of uh, low-flow toilets, automatic faucets, uh, new irrigation systems, etc. And then, of course, renewable energy systems uh, can be uh, on-site solar, 
arrays, uh, geothermal systems, uh, battery storage, even EV charging stations. Uh, and so uh, the projects we usually see are, are what's called multi-measure. It includes several of those types of components. So uh, an example would be an office building that's putting on a new roof and a new solar array on top, uh, um, putting in a new HVAC system and replacing old lighting with LED lighting, uh, doing it all in one uh, and financing the, uh, and, and we'll finance that entire project. That's fantastic. And it's really cool to talk to you about this financing, you know, some of the programs that, that you do. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to bring on our next guest, Greg Smith. Uh, he is the founder of a company called Energy Optimizers USA. And you have more than 20 plus years of experience designing and implementing energy savings and facility improvements for K-12 through schools and local government. And Greg, I'm so glad to have you on Go Green radio welcome thank you joe appreciate it well your team is a definitely among the job numbers in the report energy efficiency jobs in america i would love for you to give us some insight into what energy efficiency jobs look like what are the workers in this sector of the energy industry actually doing on a day-to-day basis uh, that's actually, I love that question because that's probably one of the most exciting parts, I believe, of our company and our associates believe because it's a very wide variety. And, and honestly, it is really what um, what Kevin just talked about, uh, financing. We're actually developing, designing, engineering, and implementing the work. So, you know, the, our direct associates and partners are responsible for actually engineering, so we have a lot of engineering you know, degreed students as well as, quite frankly, the majority are really smart people, quite frankly, that end up implementing, whether it's HVAC, whether it's LED lighting, so electrical, mechanical, um, field engineers, all the way you know, to you know, data input for utility bills because you have to understand how much you are spending before you can figure out how much you can save. So a very wide variety of, of skill sets and, uh, and jobs within our field. And that's, to me, that's the best part of what we do. It is exciting, and I love that. And I heard you reference energy benchmarking. I actually spent my whole summer teaching high school and college students how to use the Energy Star Portfolio Manager tool to benchmark all the publicly owned buildings in their town. It was so much fun, and, uh, oh, and they awesome. got to see what this kind of work, you know, one aspect of this kind of work. Bob, I want to bring you back and dig into, you know, spend a couple minutes talking about one of the aspects of the report. You know, just this week, we heard some pretty tough economic news for American manufacturing. Talk to us about your findings about energy efficiency jobs in the manufacturing sector. You bet. Thank you for that, Jill. So the, the top line is this. I mean, we all know that energy efficiency saves us money with every electric bill, but it also helps our environment by reducing the amount of electricity we need and the amount of carbon we emit. We admit. Um, what we also know now is that each Energy efficiency is just a huge and and growing, as we've talked about, part of our economy. Overall, there are about 2.3 million Americans that now work in energy efficiency jobs in America, places uh, like like Greg's business in Ohio and Kevin's in Colorado and all across America. And and just for perspective, that's more people than work in real estate, Jill. It's, It's more people than work in investment banking. It's more people that work as waiters and waitresses in America. 
And by the way, it's about as twice as many workers that work in fossil fuels. And these jobs are in construction, they're in uh, finance, like Kevin, and they're in manufacturing, as you talked about. There are about 321,000 jobs in energy efficiency that are in, in manufacturing. They're in plants that make Energy Star appliances in the Midwest, those uh, great new refrigerators and dishwashers and other appliances that make our homes more efficient and reduce our electricity bill every month. There are folks that are making LED lighting in places like North Carolina and uh, other parts of the Midwest and in California. And there are people that are making insulation and better building materials like the windows and the doors that Kevin talked about. Um, and, and they're the people that are uh, manufacturing other energy efficiency appliances that we don't really think about sometimes, which are the HVAC systems, the heating, air conditioning, ventilation systems, and the duct work that is better for that, and uh, all of the parts and equipment that go into that. So manufacturing is a, is a huge part of energy efficiency in the energy efficiency sector, and uh, as mentioned, it's, it's creating jobs all across America. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we have so much more to talk about with our guests today. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you can all join us. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. 
Today, we're talking about a brand new report that just came out this week called Energy Efficiency Jobs in America. And we're talking about how energy efficiency jobs actually lead the energy sector in job growth. And this is very exciting news. And we're breaking it down with four experts who have various perspectives on the industry and what the information that's in the report. Um, We're going to go to Pat Stanton. She's with um, E for the Future. Um, Pat, typically when we hear about jobs in the energy industry, we hear about jobs in traditional energy sectors like fuels, which oftentimes are at odds, frankly, with environmental protection initiatives. But in fact, your report shows that energy efficiency jobs are a significant portion of the job growth in energy. Talk to us about those findings. Sure, that's a great question. So energy efficiency is the largest sector. Um, It's bigger than fossil fuels, as Bob mentioned. It's also bigger than the sector that moves energy around all the pipelines and big transmission lines and big storage tanks that we think of. Um, and it's, um, so it's, it's a really uh, large field, but I think the things that Kevin and Greg mentioned about the types of work that are involved and the types of skills that workers need to um, implement whether it's HVAC or new roofs or new windows or whatever, are the types of jobs and professions that we generally think of as independently, um, you know, being an architect, being an engine, a building engineer, being an electrician. We don't stop and say, wow, a big percentage of electricians are doing energy efficiency work or a lot of architects are doing uh, looking on net zero buildings. So in that way, energy efficiency workers tend to be a bit invisible. And I think it's, we're hoping through this report, not only to educate the um, legislators and other decision makers about the importance of this job sector, but also to rally the workers around the fact that they may uh, be an electrician or an HVAC worker, but they may spend 80% of their time doing energy efficiency that's above code, that's more efficient than is mandated. So I I just want to tell a brief story. This morning, um, NPR ran an interesting story about Penn State University and how they've turned around their carbon emissions on their campus 600 buildings, big campus, and they've done that through energy efficiency. That's with amazing. good local jobs. Yeah, good local jobs. And But you don't think of, wow, the facilities department at Penn State, it has a lot of people doing energy efficiency jobs. So mm-hmm. I think that really highlights why um, it's a new... Um, area for us to educate people about. Mm-hmm. And to track this. And you're so right. I mean, you know, these are jobs that we know about, but may not in our minds, you know, categorize as energy efficiency jobs. And so I love that you guys are tracking this, especially as, as um, deeply as you are. And we'll get into that in a little bit. 
Kevin, you mentioned that your company um, uses CPACE programs to do a lot of the work that you enable. Talk to us, help our listeners understand what CPACE is and how this financing mechanism helps to spur job growth in the energy efficiency sector. Sure. So the the challenge for uh, energy engineers and and consultants and, and contractors has been that they uh, will present a proposal for an energy efficiency upgrade or renewable energy uh, system to a building owner. And quite often that building owner will look at it and, and say, boy, that sounds great, but, gee, I don't have a million dollars to invest in the building or uh, the savings that you estimate don't meet my ROI or, or payback hurdles. Uh, or they uh, often say as well that... Um, uh, that uh, there's no incentive for them to do it because their tenants pay the electric bill, and so the owner uh, who would invest the money would get no benefit from the savings. And so uh, CPACE, which stands for Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy uh, Financing, was uh, launched um, or created as a state-enabled uh, public-private partnership which allows private capital firms like ours to fund 100% of the project costs of these, uh, of these types of, of projects uh, and have them repaid over a very long period of time, uh, typically 20 to 25 years. Um, and because of that, the owner can launch these projects without uh, any of its own, any of his or her own capital uh, in, the, in the project. Uh, and the long payback period provides a very low annual debt service cost, uh, and thus the savings generated from these measures pays for, and then some, uh, the, uh, the financing costs. So the bottom line is they modernize their building without any upfront capital, and they improve their net operating income of the building day one. Uh, and then in the case um, the unique part of, of PACE, I should say, is that the repayment uh, mechanism is actually put on the property tax bill. So we get repaid as a special assessment to the building, uh, and that um, means that the, uh, the the debt or the repayment is treated as an operating expense. So for tenants that pay the electric bill under what's called triple net lease arrangements, they also pay the operating expenses of the buildings and thus pay their fair share of the financing as well, which um, overcomes what's called the split incentive uh, for uh, uh, owners and, and tenants uh, in energy efficiency projects. Thus, projects that ordinarily would never get done, now they get done. Um, and, and, uh, and so we think of CPACE as a real game changer in getting energy efficiency and renewable projects uh, off the ground. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant, brilliant mechanism. And Greg, I know that your company leverages PACE financing programs for some of the work that you do. And, you know, school districts are, I could because I work with them myself as my, wearing my other hat as the CEO of the Go Green Initiative. Um, so I know what it's like to work with school districts. Talk to us about how PACE financing programs help you do the work that you're doing. Yeah, it's a great. And I'll piggyback on Kevin once again. Um, being in the public sector, whether that's you know 
schools, local government, really where PACE comes into play is exactly where Kevin was saying, and to piggyback on that, in my previous career with, you know, the train company, large, you know, uh, manufacturing of HVAC equipment, I did a lot in the industrial and the commercial market, and that was always the barrier, quite frankly, of getting large building owners to invest for multiple reasons, uh, whether they planned on selling it and didn't want to invest, uh, wasn't sure where their capital was going to go, they'd rather keep it for manufacturing. I really simplify to this when PACE is done correctly, and it can very easily be done correctly. You basically end up... Y- doing a project at really no cost, and not only doing it at no cost, you actually get paid to do it because simply all you're doing is paying your utility providers less money each year in the savings that you did, whether it's LED lighting, HVAC enhancements, you know, all the things that, that Kevin had talked about earlier, making your building more efficient, paying those utility providers less money, and utilizing the savings to pay for that loan. Another great benefit that I believe is PACE and why we've had success with it is that loan or that debt does not go on the building owner itself or the company. It actually resides with the building and is paid back through tax assessments. So that way, if that building owner does say they want to sell the building in three years, they can still do that, and then the new ownership of the building just takes over those tax assessments. So mm. it, uh, it really is a game changer, for lack of better words, for, for building owners. Got it. Bob, I'm going to go back to you now. The report highlights the states with the most growth in energy efficiency jobs in 2018. What conditions are happening within those states that contributed to their exemplary growth in energy efficiency jobs? Awesome question. I appreciate that, Jill. And of course, you can look at every single state in America and the breakdown of energy efficiency jobs in every state and every city, every county, every legislative and congressional district, for that matter, uh, at the, on the report at e2.org. Um, but what we found, Jill, is that not surprisingly, the, some of the biggest states are some of the biggest states for energy efficiency jobs. Of course, California, Texas, and New York are, are at the top of the list, mainly because of their size, but also because of smart policies. And, of course, California is one of the nation's leaders in energy efficiency policies, as is New York. Um, but there's also some states in there that you might not think about. One of them I'd like to point out is Massachusetts. Massachusetts, obviously, is not one of the bigger states in, in our country, but it's the leader for energy efficiency policy, and it has been for a number of years. As a result, Massachusetts is consistently in the top 10 states for clean energy jobs. Um, right now, about 86,000 uh, workers work in energy efficiency in the state of Massachusetts alone. Um, some other interesting state uh, information that we found is, is some of the states, the top states for growth and percentage growth over last year from the previous year, and how policies in those states have really and clearly impacted job growth. One example is Kevin's state of Colorado. Colorado had about a 7% growth rate in energy efficiency jobs last year from the previous year. It's about 34,000 people that work, uh, 34,341 plus Kevin, let's put it that way, in Colorado (laughs) who work in energy efficiency. That's a 7.2% growth rate, one of the highest in the country. Why is that? because Colorado passed some great energy efficiency policies in the past legislative session and the one before that. Another example would be Nevada. 
Uh, Nevada had an 8% growth rate in energy efficiency jobs. In part, we think, and we know that because of smart energy efficiency policies passed in that state. Another example that you might not think about, but it's New Mexico. New Mexico grew at about 12%. Uh, again, another state that passed great energy efficiency standards and policies as well. On the flip side, and real quick, is, is Greg Smith's the home state of Ohio. Ohio is still obviously a, a very big state and, and employs a lot of workers uh, in energy efficiency, but recently that state passed a, a horrible energy uh, bill and climate bill that Greg can probably talk about more than I can, but it, it essentially wiped out uh, a vast uh, a majority of energy efficiency standards. So, unfortunately, we're going to see, I think, in, in Ohio, a decline in energy efficiency jobs. Again, policy matters, and in Ohio, it's unfortunately the, the wrong way. Well, and that's that's good to know. We need to keep our eye on that. Come on, Buckeye State. <laughs> um, I'm from Illinois, so you know we, we know each other well. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So please don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. And if you just tuned in, let me catch you up. We're talking about some great news in the energy sector, and that is that energy efficiency jobs lead 
the energy sector and job growth. And we're talking about a report that outlines this in great detail. It's called Energy Efficiency Jobs in America, and you can find it at the website e2.org. And we've got four guests today who are breaking this down for us. Um, We're going to go to to Pat Stanton from E for the Future. Pat, the report makes a really important point of demonstrating that energy energy efficiency jobs are inherently local. Talk to us about the important aspect of the energy efficiency job market as it relates to this local issue. Sure. Um, So as Kevin and Greg so clearly indicated, much of the work for energy efficiency happens in buildings, and buildings are local. You can't move them. You have to do the work where the buildings are. And in addition to that, a lot of the materials that are used, for example, the um, insulation, the windows, um, LED lights, and so forth, are also manufactured in the United States. So it's a very uh, local uh, business. And energy efficiency is kind of magic in the sense that you get to employ your neighbors. So there's an investment in energy efficiency and local folks get to do the work um, and local within the county or it's like construction. You don't want to drive too far um, to do a project. So tend to be local. Those workers have money. They spend it locally because that's where they live. That's good for the economy. And the building owners, whether they're homes or or uh, commercial buildings, uh, have save on their their energy bills, and so then they have more money to plow back into the economy. So energy efficiency, because it's so local, is um, really a, a virtuous cycle. And I'd also just to. Uh, off of Bob on Massachusetts, I'm from Massachusetts, and we've been bragging about being number one in energy efficiency for a long time. And one of the things that's really, you know, one of those shocking statistics is that a quarter of all construction workers in the state of Massachusetts are doing energy efficiency more than 50% of the time. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. All construction workers. It is Mm -hmm. remarkable. It's wonderful. Good for Massachusetts. And we're going to talk about Massachusetts a little bit more. Kevin, you're the VP of Business Development for your company, so you're going to know the answer to this. Um, I noticed on your website that um, Lever Energy Capital has got a map that shows where you have current CPACE uh, work going on, and then there's you know, some indication of where your upcoming markets are going to be. And two of the states that are on your upcoming markets, Illinois and Massachusetts, are also states that are listed in the report um, as the top 10 states for energy efficiency job jobs. Um, what can you tell us about what's happening in states like Illinois, my home state, and Massachusetts that makes them such a great market for energy efficiency? Energy efficiency jobs. Can't say that three times fast. Is it is it public policy or is there some other market force that's creating those conditions? Sure. So I guess I'll start by uh, elaborating a little bit on um, uh, CPACE again. 
as I mentioned earlier, it's a state-enabled uh, program. And so currently there are 22 active programs, state programs around the country. Uh, and the process is a state legislature will uh, approve or enact uh, a PACE program, and then it gets turned over to uh, whichever agency is designated to uh, set the guidelines and the rules for the program uh, and, uh, and um, the governing body, et cetera, and then launch the program. And so Illinois and Massachusetts, as you mentioned, uh, are uh, two states that uh, uh, are coming online here very soon. Um, they are uh, states that enacted their legislation about a year ago and now are in the process of launching their, their programs. And uh, you're right, they're, uh, they've done uh, fantastic work in the energy efficiency area. I, I can't profess to be an expert on the public policy in those states, but I do know from what I've, I've read and, and, and heard that they, they have had historically very progressive policies, and I'm sure uh, around sustainability, I should say, and energy efficiency, and, I, and I'm sure that, as Bob has said, that's driven uh, a lot of the uh, energy efficiency jobs in those markets. I can also tell you that um, if you look at the U.S. GBC um, uh, LEED certified building rankings uh, for 2018, number one is Illinois and number two is Massachusetts. So there's tremendous demand uh, in uh, Chicago and Boston, respectively, uh, uh, for for lead certified buildings and high efficiency uh, buildings there. So, uh, as a as a capital provider, we are chomping at the bed and, and just thrilled to be able to uh, launch into uh, into those markets here in the near future and, and look forward to uh, uh, a, a really exciting future there. That's fantastic. Now, Greg, we just heard uh, some bad news about policy in your home state of Ohio right before the break, but you've helped more than 200 school districts improve their facilities while saving energy costs. The report that we've been talking about lists Ohio as one of the top 10 states for energy efficiency jobs in the U.S. Talk to us about what has made your state historically so successful in creating energy efficiency jobs. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, absolutely. In Ohio, I've been doing this for 20-plus years, and really it, it does come back to good policy, uh, especially in the public sector that allows uh, the school districts, local government you know, to utilize programs to reduce their energy costs and pay for that uh, with the savings from, uh, from the utility companies, which is great for taxpayers because now I end up paying less taxes and, oh, by the way, my, my kids and or, you know, if I'm working in a building that has a better learning environment and or better climate, A, I'm going to be more efficient in my work. I'm going to be more efficient in my, my schools. And when we calculate the numbers, just in the 10 years that Energy Optimize has been doing this, you know, we've saved over 538 teachers with, you know, the savings that we have saved the districts. Uh, over and above what it costs to do the project. So to me, it's always been good policy. Uh, some of those policies still do exist. Uh, some of them, as Bob have alluded to, could be very crippling, quite frankly, and that's a strong word, and that's the word that needs to be used. Uh, it really started with um, you know, some of the good policies that we do have, whether it be House Bill 264, Ohio did adopt PACE that we've talked about, 
but Senate Bill 221, which was really the Ohio Energy Bill that required uh, the utility companies to reduce or increase the efficiency uh, of all of their rate payers, uh, really created a lot of jobs, quite frankly, whether it's in the energy efficiency field, renewable energy field. Well, that got froze a few years ago, and the bill that recently Bob mentioned a few minutes ago is, is called House Bill 6, HB 6, um, and just seeing it play out in the media the way I am right now, I mean, daily, because uh, it's trying to be revoked, it basically will eliminate completely the energy efficiency policies as well as all any and all utility rebate programs. Um, that basically helps businesses implement projects and pay for them back you know, quicker. Uh, I just heard less than an hour and a half ago because I met with one of the major utility providers that their understanding of it is they have already met or will have already met the requirements. And as soon as, as quickly as three months from now, the utility companies uh, may be required to not offer the, you know, the, anybody in Ohio any more uh, utility, utility rebates, which, and, you know, what upsets me is just the way that they market it, which is incorrect. So mm-hmm. um, if your listeners have a chance to live in Ohio and, to be able to sign the documents that would repeal House Bill 6, I would highly recommend it. Wow, that's a disaster. We Why take a step backwards? That's really too bad. So if we've got listeners out there in Ohio, get busy. Uh, we just gave you a really important piece to work on. Bob, in a couple minutes, let's talk about the way that the report is organized because I love it. And one of my favorite things about it is the way that you report on every state's job market for energy efficiency of job, jobs. And you break it down into how many EE jobs exist in every single legislative district in each state. Talk to us for about a minute about how that information can be utilized. Right. Well, as we've discussed, energy efficiency jobs and the energy efficiency job market is huge. It's a huge part of our economy, but it's also kind of an unseen part of our economy, Jill. You know, when we think about clean energy, we often think about the solar panel installer on top of a roof or uh, somebody climbing up a wind turbine out in the west or on the plains. Uh, but clean energy jobs obviously are also energy efficiency. They're the people putting insulation in our attics and putting better windows and, and HVAC systems in our skyscrapers in, in downtown areas. So what we really wanted to do and what we've done for a long time is essentially try to tell the story of, of these clean energy jobs. And to do that, you got to go local. Um, so what we do is we break down energy efficiency jobs for every state, city, county, congressional and legislative district in America. And so when we're working on uh, policies, when we're trying to pass policies that increase energy efficiency standards and save us all money and create jobs, we can go into any lawmaker's office, whether it's in Congress, whether it's in the state house uh, in Ohio or Colorado, for instance, and we can walk into a legislator's office and we can say, hey, before you vote on that uh, uh energy efficiency standard, I want you to think about those 5,687 energy efficiency jobs mm-hmm. that happen to be in your district. And by I the way, we've, we've, brought a couple of, we've brought a couple of energy efficiency uh, company owners to talk to you about what, what your decision is going to mean to their company. Brilliant. And, uh, I love that, Bob. You guys, that's exactly the right tactic. That's so smart. We've got to take a quick commercial break, everybody. But when we come back, we have much more. So don't go away. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could tune in. Today, we're talking about a new report that you can find on e2.org. It's called Energy Efficiency Jobs in America. Kevin, I want to go back to you. Lever Energy Capital finances a broad range of building types. You've got commercial real estate, hotels, multifamily housing, so much more. Of these asset types, where do you see the most opportunity for growth and why is that? Thanks. So um, I, I, the deals that we've done uh, so far and the ones that we're working on, we've been very pleased. It's been a, a very diverse uh, group of, of buildings and asset classes. Uh, we've done uh, projects for office buildings, for hotels, for multifamily. We're working on a few in, in the industrial space. Uh, and I think, I believe that that will continue uh, going forward. You know, PACE is still such a new concept, and, and we're still working hard to get the word out that uh, uh, the market penetration is, is very low, and, and I think we'll see interest from all uh, uh, building types uh, for you know, the, the near future and uh, somewhat beyond. One thing I didn't mention uh, that I do think we'll see uh, very solid growth in uh, going forward is, is new construction. So in most PACE, but not all, but most PACE programs, uh, PACE can be used for ground-up uh, new construction projects and adaptive reuse, uh, and it's a great way for, as I mentioned, um, you know, uh, Massachusetts and Illinois with their LEED certification uh, rankings. Uh, most of that work gets done in the new construction 
end of things, and so pace can be a real advantage in uh, putting in advanced technologies into buildings um, in a great way to uh, to finance those long term. Uh, so uh, I see those sectors uh, continuing to grow and, and utilize pace, uh, but uh, in terms of building types, I think it'll continue to be a, a very broad. Uh, uh, usage across all types. That's good news. And Greg, your company, you know, works with school districts quite a bit, and that directly benefits both today's students and tomorrow's workforce. What advice do you have for both professional educators and students about what they can do to make sure that we have plenty of talent ready for those ever-increasing numbers of jobs in energy efficiency? Yeah, I think uh, really just exposure and you know take a little take the initiative to understand what the, the job markets are. I mean, the E two in the report that Bob's referred to several times is a great way to look at it. You know, hey, it is the fastest growing market, and what are those jobs? And not all of them have to be desk jobs or engineering jobs. A vast majority of those jobs are the jobs that you know are underserved, quite frankly. Um, my son, Ben Case, you know, he went to a career technology center and now he's making about eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars 90000 a year with zero college education. Doesn't make him one way or the other, but he knew where he wanted to go. He did it and he has no college debt. I'm not promoting don't go to college, but don't think that you only have to go to college to be in this type of field and quite frankly, make a very good living in the United States of America. Uh, because of these type of jobs, whether it's HVAC, electrical, all those components that are going to continue to grow. So, so don't limit yourself only to a certain, you know, after college field. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and it is such a wide variety. I'm talking to CTE coordinators in every school district in America. This is something to focus on. So um, thank you, Greg. Bob, there's a section in the report entitled Policy Leadership. I'd love to you, for you to give us a synopsis of what Congress and, and state lawmakers could do to create conditions that are favorable to creating more jobs in energy efficiency. Well, thank you for that, Joe. And look, it, we used to talk about energy policy and we'd get into arcane discussions about uh, tax credits and tax policies and uh, tax codes like 179D and 25C, uh, commercial and residential building tax credits. Those things are still important, but regrettably and, uh, and unbelievably, uh, the discussion now is a lot more basic. Right now, for instance, as we speak, the Trump administration is trying to roll back energy efficiency standards for light bulbs, for Mm. the lighting that we have in our homes and our offices. They want to uh, eliminate Obama-era policies that that, uh, uh, increase the the efficiency of of lighting, of light bulbs. Uh, They want to roll that back. Another example is the Energy Star program, one of the most successful energy efficiency programs really in the world. the Trump administration wants to zero out funding for the federal energy energy star program. Uh, we need to stop that. We need to uh, we need to talk to members of Congress to to do whatever we can to keep those policies going forward. Uh, that's at the federal level. At the state level, as I as I mentioned earlier, policies. It's really across the board. We have great policies in states like Colorado, where Kevin is, and of course in California and Massachusetts and New York. Uh, we have really bad policies coming down the pike in places like Ohio, where Greg is. 
And if we care about our environment, if we care about energy savings, if we care about climate change, and by the way, if we care about creating good-paying energy efficiency jobs in America, we need to be talking to our lawmakers and telling them we want smart policies on energy efficiency, not dim-witted ideas like reducing the efficiency of light bulbs. Well, and it makes no sense. I mean, even good old Benjamin Franklin told us, waste not, want not. Why in the world would we waste energy when that funding that, that every single person who has a roof over their head is paying, why in the world would we want to pay more for energy when we could use that money for so many other things? And particularly when we're seeing a report like yours that shows how good energy efficiency jobs are for our country. It just makes no sense at all. Pat, I want to go to you because I think there are a couple of findings in the report that I'd like for you to comment on. And that is one, that most energy efficiency companies in America are small businesses. And two, that energy efficiency jobs are good for veterans. And I'm a veteran myself. Go Navy. Uh, So I'd like for you to give us a few details on those two facts. Sure. So uh, congratulations on being a veteran, Jill. And (laughs) I just want to say that veterans have a lot of skills, team building, problem solving, ability to respond to unexpected events that are really highly valued by employers in the energy efficiency field. And in fact, I'd like to uh, give a shout out. The Building Trades supports Helmets to Hard Hats initiative, and you can get at helmetstohardhats.org, and I'd encourage any veterans that are listening who would be interested in getting into the field to uh, check it out. Uh, They provide a sort of direct access to apprenticeship programs in the unions, so uh, a real opportunity there. And small businesses, small businesses are in uh, all over the country, both in the cities and in rural areas. A lot of uh, our veterans come from rural areas and would like to return to those areas if they could find good jobs. And one of the wonderful things about energy efficiency, not geographically limited by, you know, coal deposits or fuel, and it's not a moving job. It's not a job like uh, pipeline construction where you go all over the country to different places. It's local, and it's also in the rural area. Yep, and you said it great, Pat. That is an awesome statistic that our our folks need to know. I just want to thank you guys so much for being on the show today. I wish we had another hour to keep going because this is such an important topic. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. So we're going to be here same time next week at the same place, Go Green Radio. So until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.